Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to read two verses in our text this morning. The first is verse 18, the second verse 20. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child, here's our calls, our phrase that we're looking at today, of the Holy Ghost. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Ghost. You know, some people are in possession of great treasure, and they're not even aware of it. A lot of times you'll hear stories about people who have something at home, or they find something that's been in their family for years that they thought was just common or ordinary, and they find out that it's of great value. Like the man that found in his, in his family the childhood home, he went up in the attic and he found a, a bag that had a, uh, a Nintendo game from some years ago. His parents apparently, he looked at the receipt, apparently his parents had bought it for him for Christmas and forgot to give it to him, and um, I'd be a little bitter about that myself, but that's okay. Uh, it was spent, they'd spent about $40 for it, and so he went online and, and tried to sell it and sold it for just over $9,000. Had no idea that he even had it or owned it. A family in Scotland that had had a, um, a carved ivory chess piece that a great-grandfather had bought for like $6 some years ago. For decades, they passed it down through the family until someone finally found out that it was worth quite a bit. It was the missing piece on a historic chess set that was actually in one of the British museums. And this, this chess piece that they had sold or bought for $6 was valued at just over $1.2 million. Now, before all of y'all go running out of here to go home and try to dig out any treasures you think you've got at home, uh, we understand that some of what we have is, uh, the junk we have is just junk. It's not really worth all that much. Might be of value to us, but it's not of value to other people. Some of y'all had already, some of y'all mentally were already down the road at your house getting ready for the antique road show to come through town and bring out all your stuff. I think one of the greatest stories that I heard of this was a lady in France that was 90 years old and she had had a picture in her kitchen just over her hot plate for, for years. And she knew that it was a, a painting and she knew that it was a, it was a painting, it was a part of a scene, uh, a series of scenes from the crucifixion of Jesus and it was titled Christ Being Mocked. She had it hanging there for years, saw it every day, passed by it multiple times a day. She got ready to sell her house and she had a, an auctioneer come in and evaluate all their possessions that she had to determine how much she was going to sell it for. And he looked at this painting and he immediately recognized that it was of great value. It was a long-lost painting from the 13th century, and they put it on auction. It went for a little more than what they expected. It eventually sold for $26.8 million. And I thought about that lady with that treasure on the wall, walking by it every day, probably destroying it with that, <laughs> with that heat from her, from her cooker underneath it. And she walked by it and she had no idea. She was like many Christians are with the Holy Spirit. She was aware of its existence. She knew what it was. She knew some things about it. She recognized what the picture was about. She knew some things about it, but she never had any idea whatsoever of its true value, that it was a great treasure. And many Christians are like that. We're often like that with the Holy Spirit. 
We know that we're, you know, we're aware of him. We're aware of his existence. We know that he's at work in our lives. We, we see evidence of him daily, but we are completely unaware of how great a treasure the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is probably, uh, well, he's certainly overlooked, misunderstood, um, neglected, particularly around this time of year. In the Christmas story, in the Christmas narrative, we recognize that God the Father sent God the Son to this earth. God was manifest in the flesh. And we're aware of that, but we often neglect to think about the Holy Spirit and the work that He did in bringing Christ into this earth. It's easy for us to think about the Father and the Son, but in this Christmas season, let's not neglect the Holy Spirit. Let's let's get a sense of the true spirit of Christmas. Now, in order to do that, in order to see what is taking place here, the the work of the Holy Spirit does not begin in the New Testament. I think there are some Christians who have the idea that the Holy Spirit just showed up on the day of Pentecost and has been active since then, but He really did nothing before that. Now, the Holy Spirit did come upon the church in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. But the Holy Spirit was preparing for Christ to come for centuries and millennia before Christ came. We sing the song and we talk about decking the halls. In other words, we're getting ready for Christmas. Let me tell you that the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament was decking the halls. He was preparing for Christ to come. And in order to understand the work of the Holy Spirit in Christmas, we need to understand His work leading up to it. If we look to the Old Testament, the work and the activity of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament falls really under four different activities. One was the work of creation. And I want you to get these four because this is important for us to understand His work in, in the Christmas narrative, but also His work in our lives. He was at work in creation. He was at work in bringing life. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It means He hovered, He brooded over the face of the waters. It is a a term of giving of life. The Holy Spirit, His work in the Old Testament was one of bringing life. But was He simply an observer of creation, or was He actively involved in creation? Was He just hovering? Was He just there to observe? Well, the Old Testament tells us more about that. The Old Testament tells us, first of all, that He was involved in the planning of creation. He was the architect of creation. Isaiah chapter 42 tells us that the Holy Spirit measured, and He marked off, and He calculated, and He weighed the elements of the earth. He was actively involved in the the design of creation. He was forming the earth. The Old Testament also tells us that he was involved in the the design of creation. Some of you like to decorate. Some of you started decorating for Christmas months ago. And then you took a lot of flack from other people. And then they got mad at you and you got mad at them for saying something about it. And you said ugly stuff to them. And now none of us are in the Christmas spirit because you started decorating in July. It was like a domino effect. Actually, if everybody had been quiet about it, you'd have been okay. Look, I don't care when you decorate for Christmas. You can leave your decorations up all year. And don't tell me that some of y'all haven't left your lights on your house all year long. It's not about when we decorate, but we like, you like to decorate. Do you know that that is a part of God's image in us? 
The Holy Spirit decorated. Job chapter 26 says, By His Spirit, God garnished, God decorated, God made beautiful the heavens. I love to look out and see the stars. I love to see pictures of all the the new telescopes that are showing the, the galaxies and the constellations and the sections of the universe that have never been seen. And some people look at that and all they see is just a big glob of stars. I see the decorating sense of the Holy Spirit of God because He's the one that made it beautiful. He's the one that decorated and designed. The Holy Spirit is at work in the life of creation. Everywhere you find the Holy Spirit in action in the Scriptures, you will find life. He is the source of life. The flesh killeth, Paul said in Romans, but the Spirit makes alive. The Spirit quickens. He brings life. Job 33 and verse 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath, the Spirit of the Almighty, has given me life. This is affirmed in Genesis chapter 2 when he says, God breathed into Adam's nostrils, and he became a living soul. The life that he gives in creation. The glory of God in creation. The Holy Spirit works to bring. The, the psalmist and Job will often talk about the heavens The psalmist says, the heavens declare the glory of God. It was the Spirit that designed and decorated those in order to bring glory to God. It is the purpose of the Holy Spirit to honor and glorify God and to point our hearts and minds to Jesus Christ. I don't know if you heard the Spirit speaking this morning, but the Spirit of God was speaking through these songs as the name of Jesus was exalted. People say, I wish the Spirit would speak to me. The Spirit has been speaking this morning. Were you listening? He's to bring glory to God. He also brings glory to God in the design of creation of of the human nature, of us in the divine nature, the imago Dei, the the image of God that is in us. God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, let us, plural, make man in our image. The Holy Spirit is a part of the image of God in us. We are spiritual beings. And in that, He brings glory to God. That's his creative work. He is a life-giving work. The Spirit was involved. He was not just a mere observer. He was involved in every stage and facet of creation in bringing life. We could look in the Old Testament and see that the second part of his work is in relation to his work with individuals, in relation to people, conveying the necessary skills and knowledge and wisdom to do certain tasks. When the tabernacle was built in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, the Spirit of God was on Bezalel to design the elements and the furniture of the tabernacle. The Spirit of God was on Zerubbabel when the temple was rebuilt in Zechariah chapter 4. Not by power, not by might, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. It's the Spirit of God that's at work. Joseph's gift of administration, the 70 that assisted Moses, Joshua and serving Moses, multiple of the, of the judges in the book of Judges. David had the Spirit of God on him, other references throughout. And then the work that he does is to bring holiness. It's the work of God in relation to individuals and to people. God is not a distant God. God is not a God who wound things up and then stepped back. He is a God who is engaged in the life of individuals. He is a God who is engaged in the life of people. And we see that throughout the Old Testament as the Holy Spirit, in a different way than He does in the New Testament, but the same work that He did. 
In our day, He is on all believers at all times. Then He came on them in specific moments and specific incidences for specific tasks. And He came on them and accomplished His work. The Holy Spirit was at work in the Old Testament in a third way, and that's in the work of revelation and inspiration. I've heard people say, well, you know, you can read through the Old Testament and you don't see a lot about the Holy Spirit. Well, you won't often see the name the Holy Spirit. You'll see the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the Lord. Sometimes that is talking about a, the, a non-person element of the, of the Spirit of God, but at times it's speaking about the Holy Spirit. We know this because Joel chapter 2 speaks about the Spirit of the Lord and Acts chapter 2 interprets it as being of the Holy Spirit. So it was the person of the Holy Spirit that was active in the Old Testament. And they'll say, well, you know, I just don't see a whole lot about the Spirit. When I look at the Old Testament, every single word that I read is a word that demonstrates the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Scriptures was not given by the will of man. But it's holy men of old spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The, whole, the Old Testament, the revelation of God, the inspiration of those verses and those scriptures and those texts was done by the work of the Holy Spirit. And when I read the Psalms and I read Psalm 23 and it comforts my heart, I am hearing and seeing the work of the Holy Spirit. And when I read Isaiah chapter 53 and the promise that's given, the prophecy that's given about the suffering servant and about the one who will be, by his stripes we are healed, his wounds, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And when I read in Genesis of the work of God in creation, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Every single inspired word in the Old Testament is a work of the Holy Spirit of God. So he works in creation, he works in relation to individuals, he works in inspiration and revelation, but then the fourth way is he is at work in the accomplishment of God's eternal purposes. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings all of this about. It's more fully explained in the New Testament, but behind the work of the Holy Spirit in time is the work of the Holy Spirit in eternity. When the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, the Holy Spirit was there. When God's eternal redemptive purpose was planned, the Holy Spirit was there and He is a part of that work that does not, com does not commence at the birth of Christ. It simply continues what God had already begun. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in preparing for the Christmas story. But let's not miss the work of what the Holy Spirit does in the Christmas story. There's a lot of things we can get caught up in. And there are some things that are not necessarily detailed in Scripture that we include in our celebration. I'm not against those. As long as they're not contrary to Scripture, they're not sinful, go right ahead. If you want to include Nestor the long-eared donkey in your Christmas story, by all means, put him right next to the little drummer boy and they'll both get along great. But let's not miss the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit of God in the Christmas story. Pastor, what work is he doing in the Christmas story? He's doing the same things he did in the Old Testament. He is at work bringing life. Did you see this in the two verses we read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 and verse 20? He that is, he that is born is born of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit, the work of God in bringing life. That word of can be understood as the, the word, the phrase out of. 
Seven times in this chapter that word is used. He, they were born out of. And it's the key role of the Spirit in the Gospel of Matthew is to bear the incarnate Christ. The truth here is that the office of the Holy Spirit from the very beginning of the Christian story to now is to bring Jesus into life. And that's exactly what he did. He was born. That's what he would say to Mary in Luke chapter 1. The angel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And he that is born of you will be called the Son of the Most High. The Holy Spirit at work in bringing life, just like he brought life in the, in the creation. This also is a, a creative work that he is bringing life in the person of Jesus Christ. This work of redemption is as strong and as mighty as the work of creation. He is a life bringing, life-giving Spirit. The Spirit gives life. His personal work, He works in individuals. If we went to Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2, we would see one person after another that the Holy Spirit was at work. We see, Zach, we're first introduced to Zacharias, the old priest, that God says, uh, your wife is of age, she's stricken in years, and Zechariah wisely doesn't affirm, doesn't affirm that, but how am I going to have a child? But the Spirit of God, he is filled with the Spirit. Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit. Mary is, is empowered by the Spirit, and she offers praise, and she is, the holy child is conceived within her, and Simon and Anna, and one after the other, are filled with the Holy Spirit. These are the only people in the Gospels that are described as being filled with the Spirit. And they're all around the birth of Jesus Christ. What work is he doing in this time, in this story? He is doing the same work that he has been doing. He is working in personal lives. He is engaging with people as individuals. His revelatory work, his work of revelation. In the Old Testament, he revealed the prophecies. In the Old Testament, he inspired the scriptures. But in these days, Hebrews chapter 1 tells us, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoken to the fathers by the prophets, has in these days spoken unto us by his Son. It is in the person of Jesus Christ that we find the most perfect and pure and exceptional expression of who God is. He is the express image of His person, Hebrews 1 says. The Holy Spirit is expressing in the, in the nativity story, in the, in the incarnation, in the birth of Christ. He is expressing, He is revealing God to man. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified in the Spirit, preached unto the Gentiles, received up unto glory. That's the Spirit's work in revealing who God is in the person of Jesus Christ. What work is He doing in this time? He is accomplishing the eternal purpose of God. Every aspect of His work in the Old Testament can be seen in the Christmas narrative. The Holy Spirit is active. He is at work in this story. Don't miss the Holy Spirit in Christmas. Don't miss His work. Don't miss what he is doing in this moment in time when the child is conceived and when he is born and all the things that are taking place around it. From the predictions of his birth to the actual process of his birth, the Holy Spirit was at work bringing Jesus Christ into this world. He was at work in the Old Testament. 
He's at work in the Christmas narrative, but the same Holy Spirit, listen to me carefully, is at work in this world today. Now, we understand that in the Old Testament, he came on different individuals at different times for different tasks. It didn't always look the same. In the New Testament, he is on all believers at all times, but he's doing the same work. He is the same power of God that is at work in our lives. And I want to tell you this morning, please, don't just include the Holy Spirit in your celebration of Christmas, though I hope you do, but don't let the Holy Spirit be that unopened present that has been given. Don't let Him be, don't let him be a painting of Jesus on the wall that you see and you recognize, but you have no idea of its true value. You have no idea of what a treasure He is. We know the Holy Spirit, wonderful. Preacher, you're preaching another message about the Holy Spirit. We hear so, we talk about the Holy Spirit. We sing about the Holy Spirit. I want to do more than that. I want to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in my Christmas celebration, but also in every single day of my life. Because let me tell you that the Holy Spirit is residing in every believer, and He is at work, and He is sanctifying us, and He is doing all these wonderful things that He does. He is a life-giving Spirit. He is the one that gave us new life, born of the Spirit with life from above into God's family divine. That's what He does. Without the Spirit, except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, Jesus said, He cannot see the kingdom of God. That's, he's the one that brings new life. We talk about the new birth. We talk about being born again. We're talking about a spiritual birth that happens as the Holy Spirit regenerates and brings life to us. He is a life-giving spirit, and he brought life in creation. He brought life in the incarnation, and he brings life to us in salvation. When we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and if you've never done that this morning, I want you to know that you may be breathing, you may be physically alive, but you are dead in your trespasses and sins, just like we all have been. But I'm thankful for the day that I placed my faith in Jesus Christ, and I repented of my sins. And with that, when that happened, the Holy Spirit quickened. He made me alive in Jesus Christ. And that is the new birth. That's what Jesus was talking about. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit brings new life. But he doesn't just quicken us in salvation. He also brings and enables us to live the Christian life. He gives us the life. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It is the Holy Spirit of God that empowers us and enables us to live the Christian life, to live as we should. We know that we are to be filled with the Spirit. We're to walk in the Spirit. We're to bring forth the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is at work in us. He is life-giving He's not only life-giving, but He is engaged with individuals. He is engaged with us personally, just like He was in the Old Testament, except now He is at work in all of us simultaneously. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, the Spirit came to reside in you, and He is at work, and He is working through you, and He empowers you, and He gives you spiritual gifts to be put to use, and He guides you and He directs you and He comforts you and He gives you peace and He gives you joy and He fills all that we need. 
And that is the work that he is doing now. What he has done in the Old Testament and in creation and throughout the Old Testament, what he did in the birth of Jesus Christ and the Christmas story, this is our life can be truly said to be of the Holy Spirit. And then the revelation of God, he reveals truth to us. He works in us and he speaks his truth and he accomplishes the eternal purpose of God in us. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is a great treasure. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God to us. Let me uh, look. You'll, some of y'all are going to get some great presents this year. I, I can just see it right now. Some of y'all already got y'all. Some of y'all got presents so big you can't even get them under the tree. Some of you not bought your presents yet. Some of you are waiting until the twenty third or the twenty fourth. You've got to have that deadline to really motivate you and get your creative juices flowing. You're, you're waiting for that moment. There has never been any greater gift given apart that, along with our salvation than the gift of the Holy Spirit. God has given to us His Spirit, the Bible says. And He is at work in us. Is the Holy Spirit a misunderstood treasure in your life? Is He one of those... Things, and he's a person, he's not a thing. He's not a force or a power. He is a person. He is a person of the Trinity. But is he just that picture on the wall? That you know it's there. You're aware of it. You know a few things about the Spirit. Or is it a treasure that you really understand? More importantly, is he a treasure that you experience? We could go through the New Testament. I won't take the time. We could take weeks, really, to go through the, Old, through the New Testament and see all that the Holy Spirit does in the life of believers. After our salvation, apart from all that He does in bringing us life and the abundant life and all that comes after that, He is at work. I want you to know that you can experience that. This morning, let me ask you this question. Have you experienced the new life that comes by the Holy Spirit? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? When you do, you will be what the Bible describes as born again. Some of you may have an idea of what that phrase means because Christians have used it over the years and some have misused it and some have misapplied it and they've talked about a variety of different things. It simply means that you are spiritually reborn and that's the work the Holy Spirit does. You can receive that gift this morning. Are you enjoying the gift of the Holy Spirit? Or are you just sort of barely making it through your days? God gave us the Holy Spirit to produce love and joy and peace. That sounds like this season of the year ought to be all about the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? The love and the joy and the peace and the wonderful fruit of the Spirit. Are you enjoying it, believer? Are you experiencing the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? If not... Don't miss out on the greatest gift, the greatest treasure that you can imagine. If you're going to have true joy this Christmas, it will be by the Spirit of God. If you're going to be able to experience reconciliation, and there are some who will not be able to celebrate Christmas as they'd like because there needs to be reconciliation with a loved one, maybe a spouse or a brother or a sister or parents or an uncle or aunt or someone in your family, there needs to be reconciliation. That will not take place apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to experience comfort in your grief. 
You are reminded at this time of the year of someone who's no longer here, and you're feeling grief and sorrow. To experience the comfort of the Holy Spirit needs to be a work of the Spirit of God. If you want to have Christmas spirit, you need to have the spirit of Christmas. Include the spirit in your Christmas celebration. Let's have a spirit-filled Christmas. Jesus Christ, born of the Holy Ghost. Father, thank you this morning for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word that reminds us of his activity, not just in a few moments, but Lord, throughout history. From the moment, even before creation, in the eternal purposes of God, in the creative work, in the inspiration and revelation of your truth and scripture, and in the personal lives of your people. Into the birth of Christ, the same works, and in our lives, the same works. Father, help us not to miss this truth, but help us to value our truth.